Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Let me go to uh, Congressman Stanley Hoyer. Daryl, do me a favor. Play, um, play the uh, clip. This was, was this almost a few months ago? Man, I got to give Stanley Hoyer a lot of credit. And, and, and him and Bobby Rush and Karen Bass. Play it, Daryl. A broadcaster uh, in our area, Joe Madison, came up to me some year and a half ago and said, why can't you pass lynching legislation? I had no answer. So I went to the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus who spoke just earlier, Karen Bass, the former speaker of the California Assembly, one of the leaders in this House. And I said to her, Karen, I want to make sure that we get lynching legislation on the floor. And you know what? He did. And Congressman, I mean, I'm, I'm prepared to tell the world. I mean, we got a few million listeners here. You did it. <laughs> you, you, you did it. And, and, I, and, and I, I thank you and your leadership. I mean that sincerely. I really honestly. And, you know, it started at a Washington University alumni gathering here. And you may rem- you were on stage with your former colleague, Richard Gephardt, and, uh-huh. and, and discussing how Congress has changed and bipartisan, you know, support. And I, I said, well, let me get my nerve together and go up to the majority leader and hey, hey, can we get some anti-lynching legislation? And you listened and, and thank you, thank you, thank you. My God, a hundred, I mean, 422 votes. Whoa. Well, what, what, what do you think? I mean, what, what happened? I mean, and, well, we, and a, go ahead. Joe, we did the right thing, but we took way too long to do it. And we passed it now twice through the House in, in recent, as you point out, in the last two years. Uh, and I was really heartened that the senator who held it up last time, Senator Rand Paul, has said he's going to support the uh, mirror bill, the same bill that was introduced in the Senate by uh, South Carolina's Tim Scott and New Jersey's Cory Booker. Uh, and I'm ho- I hope that's the case because he held it up. A couple of other senators held it up. There's no excuse for not passing legislation which says that lynching is a hate crime. Lynching is uh, clearly a crime, uh, obviously, but it is a hate crime that is com- committed by a mob uh, taking an extrajudicial uh, taking of a life. Absolutely wrong. And when you came up to me that first time, and I thought to myself when you asked that question, gee, haven't we done that? Uh, And you pointed out, no, we had not. And uh, as you pointed out just now, I got on it. I talked to uh, Karen Bass. I've I've talked to other members of the Congressional Black Caucus and Jim Clyburn, my friend of some 60 years now. And I said, we've got to pass this. Uh, And we did pass it. Um, We got... uh, uh, frankly, 410 votes uh, last time, and we got 422, as you just pointed out, to three. Uh, why those three voted against it is beyond me. But nevertheless, overwhelming uh, affirmation 
that we reject the notion of a lynching by a mob of a person who is uh, has his life or her life taken uh, without any judicial process, without any assertion of wrongdoing, maybe assertion, but of no finding of wrongdoing, uh, a horrific uh, crime in our country that needs to be articulated as such. And I'm very hopeful, Joe, that as a result of you're coming up to me and you were the moving party here. I want you to know I, you congratulate me, but our democracy works best when citizens come up to members and say, hey, here's a problem. And it needs to be solved. It needs to be addressed. We need to say something is awful if it's awful. And you did that, and I really do appreciate it. And I then I went to Bobby Rush, who's been trying to get this done. Bobby, who's a good friend of mine, uh, had not talked to me about this. And, I'm, uh, and if you hadn't talked to me, I, you know, I would have thought, well, of course we have legislation that uh, condemns lynching, but we didn't. And hopefully now the Senate's going to pass this bill, and we're going to have that, and President Biden's going to sign it, and it will be yeah, Joe me, Madison's let, uh, initiation. Oh. Well, let me let me let me play something you're going to find interesting. Can you play, Daryl? This is a because Mitch McConnell wouldn't come on my show, so I had to pass the question off to another colleague of mine. Daryl, would you play that that uh, clip uh, about because it's interesting. What Mitch McConnell said is almost similar to what you just heard Majority Leader uh, Steny Hoyer say. Play that real quick, quickly, if you don't mind. You have a, a personal connection to the American Civil Rights Movement. Some Democrats now are calling for a national anti-lynching law at the federal level. Is that something you think you, you would support? Gosh, I thought we did that many years ago. There have been a lot of attempts at it, something like 200 efforts, but I don't believe there's actually been one that's passed. Really? I, honestly, I hadn't thought about it. I, I thought that was done back during LBJ or some period like that. But if we, if we need one at the federal level, I certainly would support it. Well, and Joe, that, I think that, that, that's where most Americans were uh, saying, and we 422 members voting for this bill indicates that, representing the American public. Of course we spoke out against that. Of course we condemned that. Of course we uh, addressed what was a national disgrace. And, and we hadn't. And you brought that to my attention and said, hey, what's going on here? And you were absolutely right. And I thank you for that. And uh, I am hopeful that this— Your hope for the voting rights bill. Well, you know, we have every Democrat is for the voting rights bill. Everyone, every Democrat in the Senate, every Democrat in the House of Representatives— voted for the voting rights bill. Unfortunately, we have a couple of senators who uh, I, I believe are, are wrong in not wanting to change the rules so it doesn't take 60 votes to pass the Voting Rights Act, which means a minority is holding hostage the majority. Uh, not only the majority in the United States Senate, but the majority of the American people who want to make sure their right to vote is protected, it is facilitated uh, and accommodated. Uh, and uh, so we're not going to give up on this. It's, we're going to keep fighting until we get this passed. I don't know how long it's going to take, but if it takes by tomorrow, great. If it takes by next year, not as great uh, after the election. Uh, we need to get it done now because people's right to vote uh, and being facilitated in their vote is being compromised in state after state after state. Uh, and it is wrong. Uh, and it's wrong for our democracy. It's wrong for the individuals who are precluded. 
Uh, as you know, I walked across the Edmund Pettus Bridge with John Lewis 15 times. Half of those times, Joe, hand in hand with John Lewis, my dear, dear friend. Um, and he gave blood and many died to get the right to vote. It is tragic that we are not passing legislation which says you cannot compromise that right that was so uh, dearly bought uh, by the lives uh, and by the bodies uh, in terms of John Lewis being beaten and bruised by the Alabama troopers that George Wallace sent to the Edmund Pettus Bridge to stop them for voting for what? For the right to vote, the right to register, the right to have a voice in America's democracy. Uh, and uh, I'm so sad that we cannot get that voting rights bill uh, done because not a single Republican has, st- come, has uh, stood up and said, yes, I believe that's we ought to do that, and I will vote to uh, allow that vote to, to go forward and, and be one of the 60 votes that says, yes, the American people need to have a vote in the United States Senate on this critically important issue to our democracy. Uh, and uh, so we're going to keep fighting. Okay. Giving up is not an option. Uh, I know we have to let you go, but thank you so much. for. And I, and I mean this sincerely. Um, I know it sounds like a, a mutual admiration society, but, I, you <laughs> know, we, well, we, we, you know, some, some, not all of it, everybody doesn't listen to you all the time. And, you know, you listened and you acted and, and, and your leadership uh, produced something over 200 attempts. And thank God, here, and think about it, so we now get a chance to see history being made. I believe it will get through the Senate. I, th- I, I think we will. And we'll all get together and hopefully celebrate. I look forward to that. Uh, I look forward to that as well, Joe. Thanks for all you do, and thanks for uh, focusing me and making sure this got done. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, all right, one eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. 801 8255 uh, see, everybody can do something. Oh, okay. Uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, thank you very much. I just got off the phone with your majority leader, Steny Hoyer, uh, thanking him and Bobby Rush and Karen Bass and, and uh, I, I, 422 members of Congress, um, boy, including Jim Jordan, to vote for the anti-lynching bill. What happened? (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Yes, at long last. You would wonder why it took so long. Uh, uh, This bill has been introduced again and again, uh, but now finally passing in a form that we understand will be acceptable uh, to the Senate so that we hope that it will be passed very soon over there. There had been some objection by some I don't know, Rand Paul or something, he said now he's not going to object to the, the right. bill. So thank you for focusing on this. Yes, Danny and Bobby Rush have had this bill for a long time, and we're so proud that it's finally been passed. But you just wonder why it would take so long to get it past the full Congress. Such a uh, – so horrible. Let, let me ask. Yeah, and good morning. Good morning. We <laughs> got a little uh, phone uh, uh, challenge earlier. Oh, but, uh, okay. I'm glad to hear that you sound healthy and well. Thank you for your courage in having the hunger strike about uh, voting uh, in our country. And I think that your sacrifice raised the visibility of that issue in a way that 
was incomparable. So thank you for doing that. But I'm so heartbroken that it still hasn't passed and we just have to keep fighting. And this this is why, again, I, I said, I think what has happened, we've awakened a sleeping giant, particularly with this younger generation. They may not have known what a filibuster was, uh, but what they've learned, because I no longer do I get these calls that there's no distinction between Republicans and Democrats. I don't get those calls anymore. Um, That's great. You know, uh, but let me ask you about the State of the Union address, and thank you for your, your, your kind words and your support. You know, that was the one thing um, that I, I, I've always learned, that all movements require sacrifice. And, and, and so it was a matter of joining in solidarity with you and others who were trying to get this passed. But let me ask you, uh, what you, in reference to the State of the Union, what is it that you want to see President Biden uh, focus on, and I'm thinking about particularly the African American uh, community. We've got police reform. Uh, we've got voting rights. Uh, I think the Supreme Court nomination was right on. Um, I just and and then there's the child tax credit. Um, pick one <laughs> or two. <laughs> go ahead and go for it. Okay. Well, thank you so much the opportunity to be with you on the day of the president's State of the Union address. And what we want to hear from the president is a message of hope, a message of empathy for although so many things have gone well, 6.6 million jobs created in his first year in office, that's record-breaking, reducing the uh, unemployment rate from 6.4 to under 4%, that's historic. Uh, There's so many things that have happened that are good in terms of Uh, the rescue package that would put vaccines in arms, money in pockets, children safely in school, people safely back to work. But families are still having feeling the pain of COVID, uh, the uh, the aftermath, or even some of them continuing with that, uh, the cost of living and the rest. And it's important for the president, and nobody is better at it because he cares so much and he knows so well uh, the the, uh, the uh, challenges that America's working families uh, face, and so I hope that his message, and I think it will be a message of what is the what are the kitchen table concerns of America's working? Can they pay the bills? Can they pay the rent? Can they pay for food? Can they pay for their children's needs for school? Can they pay for their uh, prescription drugs? All the things that uh, people have to uh, juggle over the kitchen table, and that keep them up at night. So a message of hope about that, a message of understanding and empathy about what people are facing, but also a message of this is what we have accomplished in this 14 months that he has been, uh, no, it's uh, 13 months that he has Mm -hmm. been in the White House in terms of job creation and the rest. And then, of course, what he did uh, with his uh, legislation was about justice, even in the infrastructure bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, was about justice. No longer would we be building things that divided community. No longer would building things that did not involve the fullest participation and job training for so many of people in our in our communities. And that's why we wanted to pass the BBB, and we still will fight for that so that we can have uh, the child tax credit and child affordable child care, lowering the cost of child care, uh, universal pre-K, so moms and dads mm-hmm. will face right. when they go to work that their children are learning while they're earning. 
uh, the home health care, uh, affordable care for people who have been on Medicaid but in uh, no states that uh, do not extend Medicaid, but the, our bill uh, does embrace them in the affordable care. So it's about affordability for America's working families. It's about lowering costs, lowering taxes, raising income. And he has to make sure people understand that, but he, and that he understands uh, how people are still challenged. Some aftermath still, of, and, and yeah. you know, just the existence of COVID still, but largely, hopefully, fading. And so, and, and then it, in terms of the non-discrimination, in terms of we still have to get something passed for justice in policing. We're encouraged by some of the court decisions recently. Uh, it was with Barbara Lee when we heard some of them. We were um, we were at a security conference in uh, in Europe in Munich about. Um, Ukraine and other security issues. Barbara Lee is now a very important leader on the Appropriations Committee uh, that funds all of these things for our foreign assistance, whether it's humanitarian assistance, whether it's um, uh, loan guarantees and the rest to help Ukraine. And she's been a real champion on saying, while we are concerned about the people of Ukraine, we cannot have any less concern about people from other uh, places that are fleeing um, uh, discrimination, and including some of the people in the Ukraine who may, who may be um, minorities yeah. and not. Yeah, we we just brought that we just brought that up. But uh, one of the things I said my audience can do is that they they can communicate with the embassies and let them uh, as citizens, I would think, and let them know while while Congress raises the issue. Can I bring up an issue that, that, that may need some? Explaining, and that's the importance of the child tax credit, because if, if I'm not mistaken, if, if this is it's if it expires, I mean we're talking, are we not about millions of families that might be pushed into poverty? Yeah, no, the child tax credit is the crown jewel of uh, Joe Biden's uh, uh, domestic initiative. This is the most very, very important to him. And unfortunately, one member of, on the Senate side who should have been a vote for it wasn't. Yeah. And so we still have to fight for it without going into him. The, uh, the, the point of it is, is that the child tax credit is a way that we lifted, you know, 50 percent of the children who were in poverty were lifted out of it in the year that it existed. We did that right. as a COVID measure. And now the president had it in his uh, domestic families, and it's about families that, you know, where people are caring for children, they really can't be working. So it, it's uh, it's really important. It's about fairness in our economy. And we, this is, again, as I say, his crown jewel because it affects so many families in our country. Now, one thing I do want to say about it that get, that is a little bit positive, not as positive as I would like, but babies that were born last year did mm -hmm. not get the full benefit if you had a baby, say, toward the end of last year. So there's still something to look forward to for some families who have a newborn, newborn baby. But it's all about the children. It's how we invest in them, how we make sure that they have the nutrition that they need. And food is a very important part of the president's agenda. It's about food. It's about housing. It's about their health, their education, the economic security of their families. It's about the clean air that they breathe so they're not uh, overly uh, 
inordinately subjected to asthma and things like that. It's it's about safety in their neighborhoods and gun violence protection. For me, it's all about the children and the, this this uh, child tax credit. I mean, people get tax credit for this business deal. That why not for our yeah. children and their future? You know, that's a good point, and and we don't talk enough about these tax credits that industry gets, businesses get, like you said, all kinds of tax credit, and why not for children? And this argument, uh, and you've addressed this, that, uh, oh, well, if these families get that amount of money, get this five or 3000 or whatever, they're going to spend it. You've heard these arguments on drugs, or they're going to spend it on 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 uh, this or, or that. And I, I, that just drives me nuts to hear that. Well, it argument. drives me nuts, too, because it's, such, it's a, an excuse not to vote for it. It's not a reason. Uh, and the, the fact is, is that the statistics show that families pay, spend this money on uh, feeding their children uh, school supplies at the start of the school year and their necessities for the children, necessities for the children. And that is the overwhelming uh, use of those funds. And so when people say things like that, and I've heard them, and I, mm-hmm. I push back on them because it just, it's just not right. We're talking about a child tax credit. And, uh, but again, I thank you for your um, – because you know what is central to all of this is the vote. I am very angry at people who don't vote for the child tax credit, and I disagree yes. with them thoroughly. I cannot tolerate those who do, who undermine our democracy when they will not support voting rights. That's just not it. You and I have both marched over the Selma, uh, the, the bridge, uh, Edmund Pettus Bridge, with John Lewis. Uh, he is a, a hero to so many of us, and in that uh, great spirit and tradition. We have to pass these laws. This is about our democracy. It's about our democracy. When they're depriving people of the vote, they're undermining our democracy. I I lose all patience with that. Again, we can have our disagreements about the national budget. I don't agree, but I under you know we have a disagreement. But we cannot disagree as to whether we're democracy for all Americans, and that we are not making it harder for people of color, uh, people in certain neighborhoods. And the rest to vote. Yeah, and so isn't it? And, 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 and isn't it so important? Yeah, and is I'm sorry, but isn't it ironic how we're watching people in the Ukraine fight for that type of democracy, for that vote, and and uh, and then not being able to convince uh, the the other side in the Senate, you know, that all they had so to do. I mean, that is the, then, the irony of it. Well, you know, you said this so many times, Joe. It's about people knowing, and that's what your hunger strike was about, making sure people knew, as you said earlier, younger generations understanding what's at stake in a filibuster and this or that. But this is about people knowing, and people know that the Ukrainians are fighting for their democracy. They have to know. When when Barbara Lee and I were in Europe for this uh, Munich Security Council, Mm -hmm. we— when we talked about democracy in, in uh, Ukraine, people were asking us about democracy in the United States. How are yeah, we? Thank you. How is it being sustained? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's sustained with the vote. 
As simple as that. That's it's right. sustained, it's no, sustained it's okay. with the vote. Let me just say why I was so excited about your hunger strike. My brother uh, was in the Army with Dick Gregory. They were in the Army years ago. Uh, and um, when, when Dick Gregory was doing his hunger strikes, um, he then came, and I was with him when he taught some of our veterans how to do hunger strikes about Agent Orange and things like that. And so I got to know him pretty well. Uh, from that is before I was in Congress, and then since then, of course, and now he's going to heaven. But, but um, uh, the, the idea that people that you would sacrifice in that way, and it's at a risk. I mean, Dick Gregory said you have to hydrate, you have to shower, you have to get the poison out of your system that comes when you when you starve yourself. And in our country, there are people who are not voluntarily. Uh, depriving themselves of food. We have a hunger insecurity in our country that we must address. And I'm sure you're much more well aware of it now that you have deprived yourself of some um, food along the way. But it's just here we are, the greatest country in the world, and one in five children in our country goes to sleep hungry at night. How could it be? Yeah. Because we're having a budget about child tax credit to buy food for children. It's ironic you mentioned Dick Gregory. I, one of the things I tease people, Dick Gregory, Dick was, we were as close as father and son. And Dick, oh, wow. taught, Dick taught me. When, let me tell you what happened, and I, and I know you have to go. But it, I kept watching, and, and I did this in solidarity. There were marches. You had members of the Congressional Black Caucus that were getting arrested. John Lewis did a demonstration on the floor of the House. Yes. And yeah. and and when I, I kept saying, you know, what would and I'm, this is true, true. What would Dick Gregory do? Dick, <laughs> Dick taught me how to how to do a hunger strike. Um, and and I said, what would Dick do? And I talked to his older son, uh, Christian Gregory. And he said, Joe, why are you asking me? You know, pops, you know, he, first of all, he wouldn't ask anybody's permission. He'd just do it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, so, and so I knew, and that's why I told everybody, this isn't my first rodeo. I know how to do it. The, the concern is, will you get people's attention? That's the point, because you, you can be ignored. And I, and I thank you, I thank members of Congress and, and key members of the media for 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 following this and we put up a good fight but i i said this in my when i closed out my when i stopped the hunger strike what what the republicans have done they've awakened a sleeping giant and that's this young generation that now knows just how important this vote is and uh that's why i'm convinced and i keep telling my audience uh, if we can maintain leadership in the House, maintain leadership in the Senate, I guarantee, I, I know that this, these bills will pass. I, it's just a matter of we, we got to have we got to get out and vote. It really boils down. I've heard you say this. It really boils down to the voter turnout, doesn't it? It all everything else is a conversation unless yep. we just mobilize on the ground and get out that vote. And the people can have whatever they want as long as they use their voice, which is their vote. Now, this bill that we wanted to pass, it's dual. It's the John Lewis Voting Rights as well as yeah. the Freedom to Vote Act. This will make – this will be such a, a – um, 
an opening for people to make their it lowers the role of big dark special interest money and enhances the voices of grassroots people it removes obstacles to participation it negates a bill, bills across the country that will nullify election i mean it's one thing horrible to suppress the vote by limiting voting places and hours etc it's another thing to say, we don't care what the results of the election were. We're going to appoint three people to decide who should have won the election, nullifying the vote. So this is undermining our democracy. And again, the future belongs to the young. They have to take responsibility for it by holding everyone accountable, Democrats and Republicans alike. But in this case, the Democrats have fully there, and we can't even get a, a, any, you know, interest on the Republican side because the only way they can win is if they limit the participation of mm -hmm. people of color, people in certain neighborhoods and the rest uh, who want to vote to protect their own interest rather than uh, let the special interest run the show. I appreciate you coming on as always. Okay. Look forward to the, uh, uh, the State of the Union address okay. and thank you very much for your, your well, leadership. Thank you and thank you, Joe. And our motto is we don't agonize, we organize. And again, <laughs> organize without a message. Thank you for conveying and, and, a strong and please give, democracy. And, yeah, and please give uh, my good buddy Bobby Scott. I know he's retiring, but thank thank God for him and uh, yes. his leadership too. His yeah. wonderful. I will de definitely do please. that. All right. I, I'm going to be on a call with him right now at nine o'clock. Bobby so Rush. I said that. Bobby Scott. I'm. I said. I mean Bobby Rush. You meant Bobby Rush. I knew you. Yeah, meant I meant Bobby. I meant Bobby Rush. He's the author you know. of the bill. Yeah, he's yeah. the author of the. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Of, of Forgive very me. Important, yeah. um, now uh, I'm going to hear from both of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, and we look forward to a message of hope and empathy and and. Uh, progress for all of America's families tonight. Oh, good. Thank God you. Bless. Thank you. We'll talk again. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.